This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, Saints and Pels fans. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cindy Robinson. And I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Happy Friday, everybody. Okay, so it's a big day, Caroline. The biggest of days this week. We have our first game of this series at home, the Pelicans. But no, we have an exciting show for you guys today. We're going to talk a little bit about NBA playoffs, and we're going to be joined by New Orleans Pelicans writer Jim Eichenhofer. The best of the best. The best of the best. And then we will also be talking to, on the Saints side, Jermon Bushrod, the new um, offensive lineman for our Saints. He came over from the Miami Dolphins, so we're excited to have him. Yeah, so it's going to be a good show. I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the NBA playoffs right now because it's an exciting time. Everyone loves NBA playoffs. It's mm-hmm. probably the best time of the year for basketball mm-hmm. because during the season you're like, I'm into it, but... Right. Where's the playoffs? Yeah. That's where you see the most action. And it's the second round, so you've kind of weeded out, like, okay, who just made it by chance and who, you know, is really, you know, going to go far. And so now it's – we've seen – the best of the best and so um it's it's exciting i'm looking forward to it it's like every night you're excited to go home and watch the playoffs because there's something going on that you're you're ready to see so we're in game two now of well going into game three but we've seen two games of the second series and i don't know about you but i feel like i've been into every single game like you said like going Mm -hmm. home excited to see it these matchups are kind of you know shocking a little bit seeing who's coming out on top or you know who's I guess, taking over more than what you expect. LeBron, I'm not shocked, but at the same time, seeing the team he's working (laughs) with versus the Raptors. Listen, we have to talk about the... the reporter saying LeBronto last night instead of Toronto. I cringed so much when he said, when we come back to LeBronto, <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, can we talk about how the Twitter took with that, though? Yeah. It went wild. Okay, let's not let's not forget the whole Drake versus Cavaliers, not mm-hmm. even LeBron, versus Kendrick Perkins. Versus, I mean, I get it, Drake. You're a strong fan. You almost feel like you're part of the team, but... <laughs> Bruh, you got to chill a little bit. Yep. As we know, the Cavs have taken a 2-0 lead over the Raptors, and now they'll go back to their home court and face the Raptors on their own home court so they could take a sweep of this series, which will be interesting to see. Now, you know, I saw an interesting um, debate on my timeline based off LeBron. Basically, it was like, does LeBron make – his team better or does he just help bring out what's already in his team Mm. and so that sparked the discussion like can a player make someone else better or can they just bring out what's already in someone and maybe like you know bring out their work ethic or whatever blah blah blah. so what do you think about I don't know it's interesting and it's also interesting to see this whole Kevin Love situation because you've seen Kevin Love kind of had to change his game a little bit Mm -hmm. and people have said well LeBron's getting in his head well he's getting in his head but he's also like sparking that that desire in him to want to play to the best of his ability you know like you don't want to disappoint your teammates you don't want to be the guy where everything falls on your shoulders um but at the same time LeBron can't do it by himself he needs Kevin Love to perform as we saw last night and so 
if that's what's bringing it out of Kevin Love, if LeBron is bringing it out of Kevin Love, then that's what he needs to do. If it scares him into, okay, maybe I need to get into the gym more and get up shots so that I don't have this immense pressure on me and I'm letting my team down and stuff like that, then that's what he needs to do. I mean, that's, that's one of the signs of a good leader if you're able to bring that out of your teammates. I think it's all, like you said, being a great leader, it's all about inspiring your team to be as good as you if you're the one that's, you know, the best on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, now moving on to the Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz are doing really well, especially without their star Ricky Rubio. You know, he's out. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, still remains to be seen, but the rookie is taking over. The rookie, the actual rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to throw that in there a little bit. Sorry, I'm a little petty. But, um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, I mean – Talk about leadership, right? Yeah, he's he's leading his team. He's he's taken over. I mean, as a rookie, that's difficult to do. We've seen Ben Simmons do it a little bit, but he also has Joel Embiid, you know. So we, we've seen Donovan Mitchell take this team to the next level. Rookie of the year, just saying. Because <laughs> while we want to make that transition into Ben Simmons, um, where was Mr. Simmons last night? I don't know, man. Only two points. That's that's interesting. It's uh, how does that happen? First off, you are campaigning so hard for rookie of the year, and when it's time for you to show up in the this is the biggest stage mm-hmm. at the because it's the farthest you got into playoffs right now. You know what I mean? So this is your biggest stage. Every game you play, it's the bigger stage and bigger stage, and you cannot have a game off. Right? It's not you don't have time to have a not two points only game off. That's not. That is just not going to work. Well, we've seen the Celtics take a 2-0 lead over the 76ers, and I don't want to put it all on Ben Simmons, but at the same time, he said last night that he got in his own head and he was just trying to do too much and overthinking things, and that's a very real possibility. I mean, this is his first playoff stint. So like, I'll give you that as being rookie. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only rookie thing about him Yeah, I is mean, that this is his first you know, playoff and that he is getting in his own head because that's rookie stuff. But come on. Come on. He's not a rookie. I don't care. He's not a rookie. Well, anyway, it's his first playoffs, like – it's his first time going this far in playoffs and he is realizing the pressure more and more as, as our mini players. But, um, with, with someone so young, it's hard to step up to the plate and he just has to do it. I mean, that's the bottom line. He has to do it. He's been doing it all year. Um, so it's good that he recognized he was in his own head and now we just need him. They just need him to perform. You want to be great. You can't have excuses. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we hear the Pelicans players say it all the time. Anthony always like will own up to his stuff when he messes up or when it was a bad off day or whatever. But he always says it. You can't make no excuses. And you, we all know that. Right. LeBron's not making excuses. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I take that statement back because <laughs> we already know how the world feels about him sometimes. <laughs> all right. Well, make sure you stick around. As we said, quick re- recap of the NBA playoffs around the league. The Cavs have taken a two-lead re- lead. 2-0 lead <laughs> over the Raptors, um, and then they'll return to Cleveland to play the what could be the last two games of that series. The Celtics take a 2-0 lead over the 76ers, mm-hmm. and they'll go to Boston, I believe, yeah. so yeah. they could also wrap up that series in Boston. Warriors take a 2-0 lead over the uh, public. <laughs> the Warriors take a 2-0 Guess what? lead. But it's not going to end here, so we're not even going to talk. We're not even going to say that could possibly end. It's not going to. <laughs> right. And the then, Pelicans are going to pull it off. And then the Rockets and Jazz are tied 1-1, and they'll go to um, Utah to play their 
their last or the next two games of the series. Gotcha. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, make sure you stay with us. We have an exciting show. Again, we have Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer coming up on the show next. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We are now joined by Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Jim. Good to be here. Okay, so Jim, we're incorporating you today in some of our segments that we normally do, just Caroline and I, but it's nice to have an expert analysis on our hands. (laughs) Jim knows his All stuff. Right. I like talking to have you ever talked to Jim during a game? He's yes. like I the sit best. next to him on a regular basis just so I can get this in Jim and I have conversations. First off, Jim and I host a pregame report. Make sure you guys tune in on Twitter, Pelicans NBA Twitter, um, that we do before the game. So we'll be doing that today, later today. But I always try to talk to Jim because he puts me up on game, what's going on with the team. He travels with them so he knows what's going on all the time. And I try to stay level-headed and reasonable during the game you can tell me if oh i get God. away from that but no, usually no, no. <laughs> you're the most level-headed person the i've most, ever met. the most and jim and i always laugh at the fans that are going crazy that are near us because some of them are kind of ridiculous at times i think my two favorite memories with jim is once when like the crowd was booing at a foul call and uh, jim was just like calmly sitting there like no that was absolutely the correct call yeah like and yeah. then the second time was when we made playoffs and Jim was on the post game show and you could just like hear how excited Jim was. Like Jim could not <laughs> stop laughing. He was like, yeah. yeah, that's so funny. Like people were just saying random things and Jim yeah. was just laughing. Okay, so Jim, how has it been seeing the Pels in the playoffs right now? I mean, it's been a it's been a, a great experience. I feel like everything that's happened this year to me and everyone's different, but I put it in the context of what took place before at the last two seasons where we had um, pretty high expectations or reasonable expectations and ended up with very disappointing seasons. So um, compared to the last two years, this year has been great. And also when you go back to 2015, the last time they made the playoffs, I felt like people thought that that was just the first step on a process of making the playoffs every year. So for it to happen, I mean, I, it didn't happen the way we wanted it to where it was three years later, but in some ways it, it was almost more gratifying to me and satisfying to me because of what we went through the previous two years to get back to this point where, and heck now we're in the second round of the playoffs instead of just getting in and getting swept the way that it happened in 2015. Right. Now that sweep in 2015 was courtesy of the Warriors. So what do the Pelicans have to do? This is going to go into our, Tell me something, well, I guess, what we need to improve on. Maybe we should start with tell me something good, huh? Let's talk about what they're doing well. Because we don't want to get, they don't want to sure. get swept again by the Golden State Warriors. I mean, and it's a different team. Completely it is a different very team. different team. New you say swagger. tell me something good, let's talk about the Pelicans' pace. That's probably the best thing that they have going for them right yeah. now against the Golden State Warriors. 
that pace that they had in that second game, and they even had a you've seen it a little bit in the first game in that first quarter, kind of first half. You know, we know the Warriors got away in that second quarter, but the second game we saw they kept that pace up all throughout the game. How important has it been to have that fast pace, fast break, you know, pace going on? Yeah, I think they, I mean, basically what they're doing when they play that way is just playing to their strengths and what's worked all season. So basically they, they're not going to be, even though they're playing in Golden State, they're not going to be a slow it down team. They're not going to try to play like Memphis plays in the during the Grizzlies' heyday or that kind of thing. But, I mean, I think to me overall – Besides the pace, one of the biggest things that's most encouraging was just how many adjustments they made from game one to game two and how many improvements they made in terms of you lost by 22 the first game. There were people everywhere across the country saying Do the Pelicans even belong on the same court with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They come back in game two. It's a one-point game with seven minutes left. They played them pretty tough toe-to-toe the entire game. Golden State had a run in the fourth quarter. I think it was 11-0, 12-0 that gave them a cushion. Pelicans fought back again to bring it within five or six, ended up losing by five. So to me, the best sign from the last game was just um, that they were able to take away a lot of the stuff that Golden State did well in game one and give themselves a lot better chance to win. I think if they play as well as they did in game two, now at home with the crowd, which is going to be, I'm sure, is going to be out of control tonight, that they have a really good chance to win in game three and then hopefully game four. Now, I'm interested, going off of what Cindy said earlier, if you think the pace helps or hurts the Pelicans, because obviously the Pelicans have played that way ever since we saw DeMarcus Cousins gone de- go down, but at the same time you're giving more opportunity for the Golden State Warriors, sure. who are an effective shooting team, the opportunity to shoot the ball well. Yeah, I think there might be times here and there where you can selectively play a little bit slower or more methodical, but I think overall – it's true that the faster you play, the more possessions there are, which helps Golden State because they have so much offensive firepower. Mm-hmm. One of the problems that everyone has playing against them is, you know, you get into these games where they score 125 points or whatever it is, and you you can't go any you can't th- go through any droughts on offense. You have to make sure that you sustain whatever you're doing the entire game, which is not always easy to do. So, um, I think that's one of the one of the biggest challenges is just you can't have as the pelicans did in the fourth quarter of game 3 or game 2 um a stretch of even 3 or 4 minutes where they didn't score and then golden state ends up with a you know 10 12 point run well we've seen multiple players in double digits ab- as we have for the rema- the last part of the season yeah. here like we've seen our bench players step up and we've seen our starters step up rondo miritich but w- that's not enough at this point. So what is something that you think that they need to add to their game in order to take take control of this, this series? You know, one of the things that, unfortunately, I mean, you guys know from playing that you can't control is uh, your shooting. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that Elvin Gentry mentioned um, over the last couple of days that is might be the biggest factor is New Orleans needs to make open threes and just open shots in general. Um, I thought in game two that one of the biggest factors of why they're down three at halftime after Clay Thompson makes a ridiculous bank shot that I don't think he was even intending to bank (laughs) in. But instead of being down three at halftime like the Pelicans were, they could have been up, you know, eight or ten. But they started three for 17 on threes, 
and you say, okay, Golden State's a good defensive team, so maybe that's not that surprising, but a lot of those misses were wide open. So, But like I said, shooting is it's just so hard to predict and so hard to control. I mean, it's not like you can say, okay, guys, you got to try harder to shoot and right. make shots. I mean, it's just one of those things that happens. So I think that that might be one of the biggest factors to watch tonight is whether they can just shoot better from three because – Obviously, Golden State again is one of the best, of, if not the best, three-point shooting teams in the league. So you got to be able to keep up or stay somewhat competitive in that category. When you say it's another thing that just happens, another thing that just happens is foul calls, right? Like you, we've well, seen. Say, let's get into that stat for stat right now because that's what I want to talk about. We've seen that they're not getting to the line and. You know, we heard from Alvin Gentry and AD yesterday. It's not really something that they can control, mm-hmm. and they're not going to complain or make an excuse. But at the same time, how do you change that um, that factor of going to the line? I mean, the foul, sure. the free throw count is twenty to what fifty nine. Yep. I mean, that's insane. So sure. it's it, it is something that just happens. But at the same time, it is a little bit something you can control. So what do we need to see from our players? I think there's times where, in terms of what they can control, I think there's times where when they were going to the basket in game two, um, instead of drifting away from the defender, if he gives you a little bit of resistance, sometimes you just got to barrel through the guy and Mm -hmm. say, hey, this might be an offensive foul, Mm -hmm. but at least we're going to force the referees to make a call. Sometimes when you fade away or you get bumped a little bit and you don't continue, you know, trying to drive hard at the basket, it gives the referee a chance to say, yeah, we're not going to call this foul. So, you know, and, and honestly, too, I hate to say this, but I feel like there's sometimes, and this is just one of those it is what it is things, you you almost have to sell contact more mm-hmm. because the Warriors sell contact yes, a lot. Yes. And and I'm, I'm not trying to take away from anything from them. They're a great team. They're historically great. I, I don't have anything. I don't dislike Steph Curry. Um, I, I, I respect him a ton for what he does. I love the way he plays. Um, I love the fact that he's brought skill back to the forefront of the NBA it, in terms of, like, he could he won MVP twice and he did it based on his skill. But mm-hmm. um, he had a couple mid-range shots in game two where he's got a defender on his hip. He flails into the guy. He jumps into the guy. He throws his arms mm-hmm. up. And that's how a lot of times the referees won't will, – will call something because it's – something they don't want to let go because if they don't call it, everybody goes crazy and they're like, oh, look at what happened to him. You know, so I – but unfortunately – but to to their credit, I feel like both AD and Drew are not that kind of player. They play the game. Right. They don't try to do stuff that draws attention from the referees. But sadly, I feel like sometimes that's almost what you have to do. I wish it wasn't that way. But until the referees start – stop calling stuff based on the guy screamed or the guy dove across the lane or he threw his arms up. I mean, you might have to start doing that. Well, we heard from David Wesley on Wednesday, and he said these guys might just have to get a technical foul just to gain the respect of the referees and say, okay, we need you guys on our side. We need to get some calls. Is that something you agree with? Maybe they need to just get a technical foul, get some people rallied up. Yeah, that – isn't that, there like a little sorry to cut you off? Isn't okay. there like a little fear about getting ejected? We know sure. that we've seen that this year a lot from the refs across the league, not just with the Pelicans team. Like ejections have happened, and we kind of can't afford that. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I wouldn't disagree with David in terms of though that sometimes you do need to do things that put the referees put you put yourself more in the the attention or the radar of the referees in terms of 
just understanding like, hey, I've gotten grabbed three plays in a row and you haven't called anything. Like to me, the biggest the biggest aspect of the ref of the officiating that has been one sided, you might say, is the touch fouls. I feel like if you watch the tape from the first two games, there weren't that many egregious instances where you were like, oh, somebody for the Pelicans got tackled and they didn't call a foul or right. somebody got grabbed. The Pelicans gave a bunch of fouls in game two because somebody for the Warriors was about to get a dunk or a layup. And those were obvious calls. There haven't been as many of those on the Pelicans' end, so I think that's a factor a little bit in terms of the free throw disparity. But I think there have been a lot of cases where um, somebody's gotten bumped on the dribble, and it's been called. Oh, it's given the Warriors free throws, but not the Pelicans. So, I mean, I think that's the Warriors definitely deserve more free throws. But it should. I don't think it should be fifty-nine to twenty. So yeah, that's pretty outrageous. Yeah. Well, I think it was more outrageous when you break it down to see that neither Drew or AD got to the line not once in game right. two, and they're the most aggressive on the team, so especially with AD being right under the basket. Yeah, that's the first time in five seasons, right, that that's yeah. ever happened? Yeah, that either guy, that they both played in a game and neither guy got a free throw. I mean, I also think, too, if you look back, a bunch of people have asked me about this on Twitter, as you can imagine, the last few days, but <laughs> um, the if you look back at the season series, too, um, I've heard so many different theories that, you know, like Golden State usually gets more free throws than New Orleans, but that's not true. If you look at the head-to-head matchups during the season, it was 85-82 total free throws in favor of Golden State, so it was very close. Yeah. AD is was, I think, fourth in the NBA in free throw attempts per game during the regular season. So Because I, I heard people say, like, well, you know, AD is so big, just like LeBron, that sometimes he doesn't – a lot of times he doesn't get the free throws because the referees don't give him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm like, that will, that didn't make that doesn't make sense because during the, the regular season, he got tons of free throws. Well, so. we do know, though, that Gentry kind of addressed the media about AD not getting calls. And after that, we kind of saw – I felt like we saw a spike in, you know, people – the refs actually giving him the calls that he deserves. Sure, sure. And it, once again, it was a matter of something – being spoken you know what i mean right and i it's kind of unfair though that it has to go that far yeah but i also like the route that coach gentry and ad and the rest of the team are taking where they're not gonna make excuses about it Mm -hmm. they're not really harping on it as much as like the media and you know the fans Mm -hmm. are because granted they can do that and i know it could be a politically correct thing to do just because like we can't sit here and argue about what the refs are doing when sure. we know we still have to play two more games. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, what's going to happen is going to happen. Right. And we're going to control what we can control. You can't take away from you can't take away from your mental focus on why you're here or what you're preparing for game 3 with and by being so like blindly focused on the referees and worrying about officiating. So, and the other factor too is just they don't want to talk about this publicly all the time. It's right. just not. A, I don't think it's a good look. And in yeah. uh, in terms of you, were, you mentioned like worrying about technicals or getting ejected too. I mean, nobody wants to get fined. Right. So at yeah, a certain but, point, you got to let it go. You got to just move on. And that's another thing that I'm sure every athlete has been preached. You know, you control what you can control, and that's mm-hmm. like something that's out of your control. But another thing that's in the Pelicans' control is rebounds. I I mean, in the last two games, the Pelicans have out rebounded them, um, one twenty eight to one hundred and 65 of those rebounds came in game one. Is that something that you think needs to sway more a little bit in the Pelicans' side? Yeah, I think there's been times throughout the season, and I'm sure you guys recall this too, where um, they've given, Pelicans have given up a lot of long rebounds, yeah. and um, some of that is just a matter of anticipating where the ball's coming off or even just having more people involved in the, the fight for the rebound. Yeah. 
um, I think Golden State is going to have an advantage because they're a bigger team and they're also athletic. So, um, you know, physically they're probably going to win the rebounding battle a lot of times. But I feel like sometimes for from the Pelicans' standpoint, it's more a matter of they need to have more guards involved in especially defensive rebounding and just having more more people that you're well, not going to win the, the battle if it's just one or two guys trying to get rebounds. Isn't I mean, in my experience and just even from watching games, I feel like rebounding is effort more than mm-hmm. anything. And so, like you said, just getting in there to at least try is half the battle because you don't know what – like you, we've seen them rebound well when, it, you know, when they actually try and when they're in there. But when it's only AD and they're rebounding – well, that like kind of lessens the chances of them getting the rebound. That's right? another reason why the Warriors are so good is because they force you to send some of your guards back in order to cover she their fast that, break yeah. and their their shots because they're just coming down one dribble past half court and pl- putting up a shot. But that was so, the same case with in game two. We saw that same case with the Pelicans because we saw Draymond getting back before anybody just to be back. So because they we like you know the Pelicans started fast breaking, so it can go both ways. But I do get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this game, and I'm hoping that we do see the improvements even more from game two. Like you said, they improved from game one. Um, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with Rondo studying because he's always, you know, studying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jim, what do you – any last words about tonight's game? Yeah, um, I mean, one of the things I've been trying to stress the last couple days is just – we've talked about this a little bit throughout the season, but – for just people to enjoy this, to just, you know, just sit back and take a second to to smile. And as Caroline mentioned in terms of my reaction to getting into the playoffs, <laughs> just laugh a little bit and just look around the arena. That's what I'm going to try to do tonight is before the game is just look around the arena. I'm just so happy for everybody here because uh, partly because of what I said about how much frustration there's been in the last couple of years. There's so many people that put so much – invest so much of their time and their money of course to to this team so that's the thing that I'm the happiest about regardless of how the season goes it's been awesome to see the Pelicans in the last eight one of the last eight teams left in the in the NBA still playing so just to see all the attention and the focus hopefully they can get a win tonight and we'll see that increase even more in terms of um, exposure and also respect so um, but I guess that would be my final my my final take is just 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 have fun with this i mean i'm i'm just happy that i don't want to say i'm happy to be here cuz that's not totally true but um i'm just I, i'm just enjoying this, this right now yeah so for sure i mean the last the last few games against portland in the arena were so exciting like mm-hmm. i i've never felt the smoothie king center like that like i was chest bumping fans and like <laughs> high-fiving random people like someone spilled their beer on me and i didn't even care i was like well it's fine whatever we're, we're winning, we're, we're winning. Yep. <laughs> so yeah definitely enjoy the moment don't forget to enjoy the moment um tonight and sunday and also go on pelicans.com to find tickets for game six when we come back we will talk to um offensive linemen for the saints jermon bushrod thanks jim for joining us no problem Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. 
And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. We're now joined by one of our newest additions to the Saints, Jermon Bushrod. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's good to be back, and uh, thank you for having me on. So, okay, today we're here to talk about Visualize and Rise, which mm-hmm. is your foundation. Yes. First, let's get a little background story on Visualize and Rise. What is Visualize and Rise? Well, it's funny. Uh, Visualize and Rise, the name came from when I was in college. I remember having a conversation with my offensive line coach, John Donatelli, and he told me, if you can't see yourself doing something, if you can't visualize yourself doing it and doing what you have to do to get to where you want to go, it's never going to happen. So when I got drafted here, my first run with the Saints in 07, uh, I didn't have a foundation until after I played, started to play, and uh, you know had a little bit of success on the field in 09. So it was time to come up with a, <clears throat> a charity name, a foundation name, and Visualize came up, just kind of popped in my head, and and visualize and rise, you know, visualize, see yourself at the top and take the, you know, the necessary steps to get there. So that's where the foundation name uh, has come from. You know, we have a lot of goals and aspirations. We've been going along, uh, going along for about nine years now with some of the events that we've had. So, you know, we have some plans, some things that we want to do and some some uh, upcoming events we're excited about. Is that something that you try to live by, visualize and rise, not just through your foundation, but is that kind of your motto to yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a monthly, yearly thing I try to apply. It's not just a foundation. You know, I, with the foundation, I, I see, you know, every year we see the foundation getting bigger, getting a little bit better. But, you know, you have to realize it's, <clears throat> it's just like anything else you want success with. It's going to take a slow climb at times and – Every year we're fighting to get better, and, you know, our five-year, ten-year plan, you know, it, it's it's up there. What we want to do, but, you know, we're going to take the necessary steps that we have to, and we're going to accomplish some of the things that we want to. But as far as, like, uh, my, you know, my career, I'm <clears throat> going into my 12th year in the NFL. I mean, every year you have to set a goal, and, yeah. and, and you have to find a way to get to where you need to be. So with your foundation, what exactly do you guys like to do? Like, who is your main focus on? Because you have some stuff with kids, I know, and yeah. community. So, like, what is it that the focus our, our big thing, what we like to do is we, we have uh, the Visualize the Rise scholarship program. And it's uh, we, we like to focus towards, I guess, underserved, underprivileged youth. You know, what it is with our scholarship program, we're just trying to take some of the financial burden off some of these individuals uh, who, are, who are taking the next step. And um, one of the criteria to, to even get our scholarships is that you have to be a student athlete in high school. So we understand how tough that is on a kid in high school when you have to juggle school, athletics, and, and trying to find a little time to make a little money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that puts a lot of stress on the parents. So... We try to take some of that financial burden off. I mean, we try to give out 20 to 25 scholarships a year. And, and uh, in Chicago, we actually were able to, you know, pay for some kids' community college throughout the whole year. But we were able to give 20, 25 scholarships away a year, and we are able to take care of books and maybe some registration fees and things like that. So, you know, we, we've been getting feedback about, you know, about people appreciating that, you know, it's they would have to maybe work some overtime for a couple of weeks just to pay for their books or – you know, just having some, you know, appreciation coming from the parents uh, 
uh, with that aspect. Oh, yeah. Every dollar counts when it goes to <laughs> yeah, was, Every uh, dollar counts. Absolutely. I was about to say, I know Cindy and I were both student athletes yeah. in yeah. high school and in college. Yeah. I know that definitely would have been something that I would have seeked out in high school because yeah. I worked Harvey. like, you know, at a movie theater, got, you know, butter in my face all the time and stuff, yeah. you know. So I, I definitely think that's um, something very strong that you're doing. Is that something that you wish or you think other people in your position should do? I think a good amount of people do it, um, but you, we're so fortunate to, to one, be in this position. You have to be able to – you have to give back. You have to give back to your community however you do it. I mean, some guys give back in scholarships. Some guys have other causes that they're dealing with. Um, so however you can give back to touch someone, to help someone, uh, you know, God has put us in this position, and it's only right that we, that we serve and, and we give back when we can because uh, you don't know who you're going to inspire next. Now, I see that Visualize and Rise kind of focuses on the Virginia and Chicago area. Why exactly those two? Well, it started out, I'm from Virginia. I'm from King George, Virginia. So it's only right for me to start out where I'm from. <clears throat> so, you know, we do have our big golf tournament that pretty much funds our scholarship program every year. And then I do, I've been doing a free youth football camp since 2009 or since 2010. So, you know, we're going on nine years, the ninth year for that. So, uh, and when I was here the first time, I didn't have any, I didn't really have any events going, but <clears throat> I plan on doing my uh, my annual Christmas shopping dinner event here this year. Nice. And we were able to bring that to Chicago. And then in Chicago, we did a, we did a fashion show that was, actually we did two fashion shows that were pretty cool. And we were able to, we were <laughs> able to get the wives and the girlfriends of some of the professional athletes or some of the influencers uh, in the city. We got them involved. We had some, you know, we had some good help. So if that's something that, you know, we can talk about with, you know, with, with our board and, and, and maybe throw around a couple ideas, maybe we can do that and we could send some kids uh, to school that way. That would be tremendous. Um, but we're definitely going to bring a couple of events here this <clears throat> to, uh, to New Orleans this year. I'm looking forward to it because, uh, you know, this place, New Orleans holds a special place in my heart. I was, I've been, you know, I played here for six years, won a Super Bowl here. So uh, it's only right that we get back. I was going to say, you're not walking the fashion show? This is just. Oh, I definitely walked. Oh, okay. I, de I, you know, I, I, def I definitely walked. It was catered to the women, but, you know, at the end of the day, I had my custom suit on. You know, okay. I had to do what I had to do. Okay. Right? <laughs> All right, let's talk about what you did most recently. You just gave out 23 scholarships yeah. to your former high school, correct? King George High School, I think. Yeah, it was former high school. We gave out 10 to uh, to King George High School, and then well, what it is is you know the bulk goes to my you know so about half a little bit you know a little bit less than half of the scholarships went to my um, to my high school, and then the other thirteen went uh, to six other high schools. And okay. We, you know we we try to switch it up every year. Some you know half the schools are probably getting scholarships every year, but we try to switch it up in some of the counties just to you know just to help out in other counties. But um yeah, that was this past Saturday. It was a good event. Um, a lot of a lot of bright kids out there, you know. So I got to see some of the parents, and, and they showed their appreciation uh, for the foundation. So uh, it made us feel good, you know. We, we're coming up on. I think the foundation so far has raised, you know, if not half a million, or close to mm -hmm. close to a half a million dollars, and mm -hmm. <clears throat> not just for scholarships. We give. Uh, I've given money back to the high schools, other high schools, um, a couple programs in uh, in Chicago. Uh, especially around Thanksgiving and Christmas time, we're trying to take some of that financial burden off some of these <clears throat> families who who are in need with uh, 
Christmas gifts, food, and same thing around uh, Thanksgiving time. So we're, we're just trying to help out as much as we can here and there and you know, figure out what we got to do. Now, as far as the scholarship program, it is it sports specific or can any student athlete apply any for the schol- athlete, scholarship? Any student, like the one thing you have to fill out the application and, and write an essay, but um, you know you have to be a student athlete um, in high school. You know you don't even have to play all four years. You at least had to play a sport at one time. Um, so I mean that's we, we we get a pretty good response every year. You know, 50, 75 kids every year. We got to narrow it down. So we wish we could help them all. Maybe one day we will be in a place to help every last one of them. But um, the good thing about the scholarship luncheon, instead of going around to the schools and presenting them, which we used to do, which kind of ran my parents ragged a little <laughs> bit. Because, you know, it's, it's easy to do at one school, but when you got to go and make a you know a trip to six, seven different schools on different nights, that got a little tough. So we decided to do a do the Visualize and Rise scholarship luncheon. So we kind of bring everybody in for an intimate, you know, an intimate setting and um, – able to talk to the kids a little bit, answer some questions, you know, take a couple selfies and do cool stuff like that. And everyone loves a selfie. Right. You know that. Okay, so we see, like you you mentioned, your youth football camp is coming up, and so is the charity golf Mm -hmm. tournament. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that a little bit. The great thing about, the awesome thing about the the free youth football camp, we open it up to about 300 kids a year. Nice. Um, uh, We started the registration process 12-on-1 midnight, May 1st, it was closed by 7 p.m. So, um, so you know, we, uh, we we had a lot of kids sign up back home in my community. Um, it'd be kind of neat. You know, I'm kind of – I've been thinking about doing some kind of uh, youth football camp here. But I'll, 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 Do I'll, it. I'll, Do I'll, it. I'll, we'll I'll work it. Look, we'll be there. We'll, See, I'm, put, I'm, putting it in, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting it in the atmosphere <laughs> so we can uh, try to get something going. But um, – yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, it's just it's just a lot of energy, a lot of nice kids who are out there, and then I have some. You know, I have some some guys, some guys on the team, um, past teams, other teams who come back and help and support. Oh, nice. So yeah, so you know, it's 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 a good day. It's a good weekend. And then the charity golf tournament yeah. is before the camp, right? It's right. Friday yeah. So the camp. yeah. So the charity golf tournament is Friday, June eighth, and uh, the camp is is June ninth. <laughs> you know, so we try to. You know, we try to lump everything together. It's 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 a long weekend, yeah. you know, especially for, you know, the foundation and people who are uh, the volunteers and the people who are cooking and um, just have a part, you know, have 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 their deal in it. It's quite a long weekend, and, you know, I'm very appreciative of them. But, it, you know, after the camp on Saturday, we, we try to show our appreciation for, you know, for them by, you know, my, my pops gets on the grill and Uh-oh. everybody, you know, we, we throw it down, we cook, we have a good time. I invite. Hey, look. It's, the food. I, I, have, I have a, I mean, look, we, we do, we do it well. Does he wear I, the I, sandals, I, the open toe sandals? No, 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 no. He, he, no, he's not, he not, he not that OG yet, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he's getting there. But, you know, we got crawfish and everything. We get crawfish flown up and we get somebody to, you know, boil them up. So, so do you have skills in golfing? Like, are we? Are we as good in golf as we are football? Uh, I'm gonna keep it 100. No, <laughs> <laughs> I just like it. You know, I like to have fun. I like to have fun to get out there, and you know, it's, it's just a, it's honestly a really good way to get the community together. All right, I like it. For okay, sure. so you know, you're back in New Orleans, yeah, and we're in Pelican season right now. Yeah, Pelicans trying to make that fight, you yeah. know, in this round two. But we saw that you're a 76ers supporter. Well, it's 
<laughs> I'm a little all over the board. So, yeah, what do we I, have to I, do to I, make I, you change? I always, I always root home team, which is okay. back in you know, the Wizards, whatever. Uh, it is what it is. Whatever, whatever. And then, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, so I got to I gotta rub the Pelicans because okay. I'm, I'm in town. I have to. Okay. But I have I have some family who plays for the 76ers. So wherever he goes, wherever my little cousin goes, I always I always follow him. And, and you know, I, I got I to gotta rep that because that's family. The Pelicans are your family now. Yeah. I know. I, yeah, I got yeah. you. That's what I'm Come saying. Oh, oh, trust me. I watch. You know, I'm watching the games. I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they pull it out. You know, they're they're in a little bit of a tough spot, but you know, they're are you fighters. Games this weekend, Friday, Sunday. I gotta go home and see the kids. Oh, okay, I gotta go okay. Home and see the kids. kids first. Go trust, ahead. but trust me, if it wasn't, I, I was, uh, I was there for sure, <laughs> for sure. All right. Before we finish, I have to ask you, what's your favorite place in New Orleans that you're excited to eat back at? I've, been, I've already eaten it all. Oh, you, <laughs> you know but now that you're like, back. Who, yeah, where are you excited to go? Oh, man. Some I mean, places I, some fans can find you at. <laughs> <laughs> you can always find me at one of Emerald's restaurants, the best okay. restaurants. Okay. But GW Fins is one of my favorites. Uh, I need to find some crawfish, to be honest with you. Yeah, we all got We you. had some here last weekend. I know you missed the drive. Four tons. Four tons of crawfish. It was a lot. That's a lot. We That's ran out, lot. though. So. <laughs> How do you run out of it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> a lot of fans here. You know, and it was it was a good day for the for sure. last day of the draft for sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Jermon. Be sure to follow Jermon on Twitter at j underscore bushrod seven four seven five and his foundation, or go online to visualize and rise dot org. That's what a Z visualize and rise. Yeah, it's rise with a Z. Oh, you know, good just, catch! I did yeah, not catch that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us, Jermon. Appreciate you guys having me on. That was Saints offensive lineman Jermon Bushrod. It was great talking with him, Caroline. Um, so while we're on Saints, let's get some Saints on social going. Yep. I think this we decided to do a rookie edition since we just had the draft last week. And we have, I know, a few exciting players coming in to the Saints facility. Oh, man, they're so excited. So I mean, I can excited. only imagine just working so hard for this moment. And to realize you finally made it is just, oh, I can imagine the weight off their shoulders. So It's an exciting time for sure. I took the liberty of finding their, well, I didn't have to find them because we were already following them mm -hmm. as I am working, I work with the social media team. So I'm going to give you guys all the Saints, the newest Saints Twitter handle so you can follow them and follow their journey. Uh, Marcus Davenport is at MarcusJD84. And I, Caroline, I thought the coolest little tweet that I seen on his um, timeline was that his first jersey w that he received was from former New Orleans Saints running back Reggie Bush when he was 13. And days after he was selected, he put the jersey on and posted a picture of it. That's pretty cool. I was like, look at that. Look how fate turns around. <laughs> first jersey, first team in the NFL. What there was your go. first jersey, Cindy? Ooh. I don't remember. Mine was definitely Shaq. Oh, wow. I had Shaq jersey and Shaq shoes. Actually, mine was Lisa Leslie's. Okay, there yeah. you go. And I think it was because I went to a Sparks camp mm. when I was younger. So it was like, okay, I'm going. I got to have the full fit. Yeah. And then... I might have had a Penny Toller one too. I was all WNBA, but Penny Toller was my fr my aunt's friend. So mm. I was like, and y'all probably don't even know who that is, but she's the Sparks GM now. So she used to play for the Sparks. Um, next player, Traquan Smith at Traquan Smith UCF, because he is a national champions. There you go. <laughs> bringing it in, bringing it in. 
funny story. No, not really funny. <laughs> Never True mind. Check that back. True story. True, true story. Their um, rings were impressive. I was so part, impressed was, by the rings. The, um, a lot of that was impressive, but, you know, I was going to talk about Shaquem Griffin. Like, we didn't, the Saints didn't get him, but that story is A still story so follow, like yep. oh my god so touchy i can't wait to see like his season especially playing with his brother i think that's so cool mm. the opportunity to play with his brother again after college um shout out to ucf got some players coming from there also we got rick leonard at rick leonard 83 you guys make sure you follow up on these guys they're gonna have some exciting seasons hopefully for the saints and mm-hmm. be some big contributors also, I have Natrell Jamerson. I hope I said his name right. Yeah, Natrell you did. Jamerson. You did. Um, his, I'm going to have to spell it out because I don't want to. Well, I guess Trellian with two N's at the end, 12. But T-R-E-L-L-I-O-N and one, two. And then Cameron Moore, he spells it interesting. Mm-hmm. The K. At, yeah, with the K. But it's, so his, uh, Insta, I mean, his Twitter handle is at. K-V-M-R-I-N. So the V is like an upside, mm. upside down A, you know. And then Boston Scott at Boston Scott 2. And then very own, you know, Louisiana's very own LSU product, Will Clap at W underscore Clap with two Ps. So it's, I mean, you guys, go check out their Twitters. Obviously, a lot of their posts right now are about being drafted and how excited they are to join the Saints. And so I'm sure the Saints are excited to have them come in. Rookie minicamp is next weekend, next week. Yep, May 11th through 13th. Exciting times. Make we'll sure see. you uh, follow them along on social media and um, look for recap coverage for Saints minicamp on NewOrleansSaints.com and on Saints Social. Yes, we will have all the... I guess as much details and coverage as we can get. There we go. Yep. It'll be fun. Uh, OTAs are finishing up here pretty soon. and it's like, is it still considered OTAs when they go into training camp? Because, I mean, not training camp, but like mini training camp. Because they'll still be here for the next few weeks. Like, it goes into, like, June, I think. They've just been here for the last two weeks running and lifting weights. Now they're going to go into the next phase of OTAs, which is like – the actual workouts, you know, really getting into football stuff. So, yeah, we're going to see the players around a lot more as they're, you know, getting ready for football season. Make sure you guys stay tuned after this break. We have a little more to this show. <laughs> it's playoff time, New Orleans, and the Pels are doing it bigger. Be sure to get in now for season tickets for the 2018-19 season and take advantage of the perks that come with your Squad 6 membership like VIP events, special access, and a whole lot more. Season tickets start at $550. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com for more info. New Orleans Pelicans, do it bigger. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. So before we end this show, I just want to remind you that tonight is... Game three at Smoothie King Center. Yeah, the fans were going to get a rally towel courtesy of People's Health and a T-shirt courtesy of Whitney Hancock. Um, So that'll be cool. And then fans coming out to the game on Sunday will also get a T-shirt. So free T-shirts are always, yeah, free T-shirts are always a win. I'm thinking about rocking the one from last week or last home games. Was that last week? I guess last weekend, yeah. I didn't make the Saturday's game. It's been so long because we won so fast. I know, I know. I didn't make Saturday's game. 
So I have the shirts that I kind of want to wear, and I'm thinking about wearing it tonight because, you know, got to support. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what time is the game tonight? 7 o'clock. And then Sunday is? 2.30. So if you cannot make the game tonight, you can watch it on ESPN and or listen on WRNO 99.5 with our very own Daniel Salerson, Sean Kelly, and John DeShazer. You guys, they need your support. You know what happened last time? They were home. They swept the trailblazers. Now, we're not going to sweep the Warriors, but we can sweep them at home at least. So make sure you guys support. <laughs> yeah, the, the arena was so loud last time. You could feel the energy. Like, I've never felt the electricity so strong in the arena last time. So And the players say it helps them. It, yeah. it gets them excited. So you guys don't fail them. <laughs> make but, sure you come out uh, tonight and on Sunday. And then go on pelicans.com to try to purchase tickets for game six. Thanks for joining Cindy and I today on the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.